millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the land of bourbon and bad decisions. This is Relentless Daring, live on Podbean.com and the Podbean app. Uh, checking out the screen, what's up, Scuba Steve? Glad to see you are in the room. Um, So this week has been nothing short of insanity. Um, the, with all the DNC bullcrap going on, the world's worst Zoom conference ever in the history of Zoom conferences. Ah, Kim has joined the chat. What's up, Kim? Anywho's. So between using the uh, using the loss of a father who had died of COVID to, you know, try to capitalize politically on against Donald Trump. A number of bogus, bold-faced lies. Um, there has been some highlights. Uh, namely, one of uh, the Washington Post's chief conservative uh, opinion writers was brought to tears 15 to 20 times during the Democratic National Zoom Conference. And, and you're asking, well, what, what Washington Post conservative commentator would that be? I said, well, none other than our favorite Washington Post conservative commentator, Jennifer Rubin. So, anyway, this is a Fox News article. Uh, Washington Post conservative opinion writer Jennifer Rubin claimed Thursday she was so moved by this year's Democratic National Convention that she cried more than a dozen times during the four-night event. As Joe Biden wrapped up the convention Thursday night by officially accepting the Democratic Party's nomination in a well-received speech, I will get to later. His remarks followed impassioned speeches from former President Barack Obama. First Lady Michelle Obama, Biden's wife Jill, and Vice Presidential Candidate Kamala Harris, among others. <laughs> Lady Diasters, any conservative commentary, and she booed because it is, in fact, Jennifer Rubin. Uh, following the conclusion of the convention, CNN contributor Amanda Carpenter asked the, how emotional the quadrennial gathering of the Democrats made viewers. And, you know, the Twitter post, I need an honest tally from all of, 
from all you who watched it all four nights of Dim Dim Convention, telling me the number of times the programming made you cry. Go. Yeah, Jennifer Who is exact that's exactly right. Um Ruben and MSNBC contributor respond to Carpenter's inquiry. Fifteen question mark twenty. And her response uh, raised some eyebrows. Uh, filmmaker Robbie Starbuck responded, I think that means you need a psychiatrist. Uh, do tears of boredom count? Daily Wire editor, writer John Brown jokingly asked. <laughs> Hashtag democracy dies in dimensionist opinion columnist Rita Panahi, Panahi quipped. And just... Absolutely insane. Uh, Ruben, previously an outspoken conservative critic of Obama, repeatedly praised his speech on Wednesday night, tweeting, Obama's mere presence reminded us of what a dignified, responsible president sounds like. And in 2012, Ruben claimed the 44th president was killing the Democratic Party. And it, it, it's just more stupidity. Um, anyone with half a brain who watched any of the speeches uh, from the Democratic Convention can point out the number of blatant lies, fabrications, uh, alterations of the history of the Obama presidency. But, you know, when a supposed conservative who railed for how long against the against the uh Obama administration would come out and go oh, I, I remember he he was so dignified the way a president should be like when he was dignified when a Harvard professor was detained momentarily for, you know, because neighbors saw him trying to break into the house. It was dark. He didn't recognize him because, again, it was dark. And through sheer happenstance, he happened to be black. And the cops detained him. They got ID. They went about their business because, okay, we've determined that, yes, you do live here. You do have a right to be here. And then Barack Obama comes out and says, well, I, I don't know all the details, but the cops acted stupidly. Well, wait, if you don't know all the details, why are you going to come out and say the cops acted stupidly? I mean, wouldn't one want to know all the details? details before deciding that uh the cops acted stupidly or maybe somebody was blowing his experience completely out of proportion which he was it's just absolute bullcrap yet the obamas are always seem to be praised as these are the arbiters of all that is good and decent and holy. But since when have they been so perfect? I mean, 
Barack Obama, when confronted with the fact that his attorney general started the ever-popular Operation Fast and Furious, he tried saying, oh, that, that that was a Bush program. But no, no, it wasn't. We have the memos from Eric Holder authorizing this to go down. <laughs> Obama acted stupidly during his presidency period. Case in point, Obamacare. Uh, thank you, Kim. And there's another thing. Obamacare. When we have the presidency, we have the House, we have the Senate. We're going to push a medic an insurance uh an insurance bill that is going to be the cure all for everything with the insurance in the healthcare system well they got obamacare and now they're saying if they get the presidency the house and the senate they're going to fix the failed insurance program. Whoa, 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 wait, 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 hold on. Stop for just a second. I thought y'all already fixed the insurance issue. Don't we have Obamacare? Don't we have the individual mandate that we all have to have insurance? If we don't, we we don't pay a $500 fine. We pay a $500 tax. Just want to make that clear. John Roberts rewrote the bill. It's not a fine. It's a tax. (laughs) Oh, and lots of talk of evil, evil rhinos. Um, Yeah, because they're just as bad as everyone else when it comes to all that crap going on in D.C. Because, yeah, it's not they hate Democrat policies. It's not that they have a uh, wholly different outlook on the size and scope of government. It's that they hate you and I, the average conservative voter. The average person who goes, you know, we don't like big government. We would prefer that it be smaller. We would prefer that it not spend so much of our money. We would prefer that we not get taxed from here to eternity. But the rhinos, good old rhinos, they're the ones who, they will placate us and feed us platitudes of, vote for me and we'll fix it. We'll put an end to this. And then you do, and they turn around and they grow the scope of government and spending out the wazoo and, oh my God. (laughs) John Roberts is a sellout. Kim says, yep, he cares about his legacy more than doing the right thing. And not even the right thing um even acting constitutionally because there's times where we could look at some at a ruling and go well that's the wrong ruling but if it's we don't agree with it but the ruling is within the context of the constitution as written not as crazily interpreted but as written we can at least go, oh, wow, it's daggum. I don't like the way it ruled, but uh. <laughs> maybe he was on Epstein's plane. Uh, that's a good question, lady. I haven't seen his name pop up anywhere. Sean, glad you made it into the room, buddy. Uh, 
missing all sorts of wild, wild entertaining things going on. Like right now, there's a camera pointed at me and it's filming all of this. It maybe will end up on YouTube. Depends on if the battery holds out. If not, you might get clips. Anywho's. Um, anyway, going back to speeches. Good old speeches. Joe Biden. Uh, if, you, if you notice the uh, the about there at the top of the chat page. Uh, my uh, Lady Dice says my sound's going in and out. Welcome to the world of crazy, crappy internet out in the boondocks. Anyways, the uh, the about at the top of the chat box for those who are listening live and those of you who are not on the uh, podcast, it's, uh, it's a little take on Britney Spears. Oops, I plagiarized again. <laughs> Yeehaw, rednecks. So, now why am I talking about plagiarizing again? Well, Joe Biden has a history, a long, sordid history of stealing other people's speeches and other people's writings. In fact, I I found one during my research for today's show. And then on another show, he pointed out something else. Uh, On all of Joe Biden's talking about you know, light versus dark and blah, 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 sounding kind of like the Jedi. You know, I, I would do a Yoda impersonation, but I'd do a horrible Yoda. Almost as bad as my Wookiee impersonation. But all this light and dark talk, it sounds an awful lot like Marianne Williamson's, uh, you know, talking about light and dark during her short-lived presidential campaign. (laughs) Lady Di says, let there be light. But more egregiously, that is something I found out of a Canadian news site. Joe Biden accused of plagiarizing from Jack Layton's final letter and nomination speech. Social media was quick to point out the words were eerily similar to ones found in a letter Leighton wrote before he died in 2011. A Democratic presidential uh, candidate, Joe Biden, a man not unaccustomed to allegations of plagiarism, is now being accused of copying the words of former New Democratic Party, a.k.a. Socialist, leader Jack Leighton. At a speech at the Democratic National Convention on Thursday, Biden's final address includes the lines, quote, For love is more powerful than hate, hope is more powerful than fear, and light is more powerful than dark, end quote. Social media was quick to point out the words were eerily similar once found in the letter Leighton wrote before he died in 2011. Quote, My friends, love is better than anger. Hope is better than fear. Optimism is better than despair. Uh, Biden's remarks were made two days before the ninth anniversary of Layton's death. Sophia Banks, a plant-based chef, tweeted that she was disappointed Biden copied Layton's comments. Quote, Jack Layton is trending, retweeted Banks. One of Canada's most beloved politicians. 
as Biden butchers his dying words left to us. Uh, Sandy Hudson, activist with Black Lives Matter. I'm going to refrain from yelling about that one. Tweeted Biden's speech remind her of Layton. Quote, so very, very Jack Layton. Tweeted Hudson. However, sentiments Layton made also channeled lines from speech former Prime Minister Wilfred Laurier gave in 1916. Let me tell you that for the solution to these problems, you have to have a safe guide. And I'm feeling light if you remember that faith is better than doubt and love is better than hate. And we all know that hate leads to, or fear leads to hate. Hate leads to darkness, something, something, little green guy, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Laurier's speech was meant to promote unity among Canadians during World War I and build connections between English and French Canadians. And no one wants Quebec. And I don't think they'll ever have unity between the uh, English Canadians and the Frenchy, French, Froggy type Canadians. Uh, Biden accused of plagiarism in the past. Most famously, he plagiarized a speech in 1987 from former British Labour Party leader Neil Kinnock. Kinnock's speech said, Why am I the first Kinnock in a thousand generations to be able to get to university? Why is Glennis, his wife, the former or the first woman in her family in a thousand generations to be able to get to university. Was it because of all, all was it because all her predecessors were thick? Um, it also went on to talk about how, you know, his ancestors worked in the coal mines, blah, 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 blah. And Joe Biden did yeah, pretty much the same thing. I was the first person to, uh, first person in my family to go to college and blah, 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 blah. Or, my ancestors, they they worked in the coal mines in northeastern Pennsylvania. Huh. <laughs> Lay dice. Why am I drawn to the call-in buttons? Yeah, my call-in buttons are turned off right now because, again, I don't really have a way to route everything through so everyone can you know, participate in a phone call. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> because they're the same color as Yoda. Yes, I keep making Yoda references in this episode. It's really weird. I don't get it. Um. So, yeah, Joe Biden was at the convention doing what he does best, stealing other people's speeches because either A, he can't write his own speech, or B, he has really lazy uh, speech writers who can't write his own speeches for him. <laughs> yes, Lady Di says he's living in the basement. Uh, yeah, I guess if you're stuck in the basement, you really don't see what other people are doing, but you would think you'd have good enough internet to be able to figure out, eh, maybe, just maybe do a little, do a little, Quick search about this line and see what pops up. Biden can't play Darius when he doesn't know who's it in the first place. Well, I'm willing to say yes, he can because uh, on the YouTube's I've been having some issues with uh, 
having some issues with, uh, oh, you can't monetize this because you're in copyright violation. Wait, what am I doing copyright violation? Well, it turns out my opening bump music, which I will be changing eventually, don't. Uh, it turns out the loop that I made it with, the loop that I made it with came from copyrighted music. So, yeah, now I get to change all of that fun times, which fortunately for me, uh, the owners of said copyright, they have let go of the, uh, or they've dropped the challenge to it. So I've got that going for me. But yeah, so just because you don't know you're plagiarizing doesn't mean you're free from accusations. Yeah, so it's been absolutely insane. It's like I've been wanting to talk about anything that wasn't the DNC all week. And unfortunately, I've been stuck, you know, so far with, with two stories from DNC land. It's just absolutely mind-boggling. It just gets so old to listen to, especially when it's the same the same lies all the time. Um you know, and, and trying to listen to trying to listen to Harris give her speech, I can't listen to her because yeah, we all know how bad Hillary was. I almost think that that Kamala Harris's voice is more grating. And you add into it the way her inflection is as she's talking, it sounds like she's about to just break down and cry at any point. <laughs> Lady Dice says he has a squeaky voice. Um, I don't know. I think it's the grating voice. It, it it's it's the pitch. Why is it the leading female candidates for the DNC? They don't have pleasant voices. I mean, uh, Tulsi Gabbard. She has a pleasant voice. You know, and she she has a firm voice. You know, so it it's not like you can't, you know, not listen to her. She doesn't have a voice that makes you want to go, oh crap, she's talking. I'm going to go somewhere else. Um it's just <laughs> they're also grumpy looking too. Yeah. And I just thought. I was trying to figure out how, you know, the DNC nominated a vice presidential candidate who, frankly, if Joe Biden were to win the election, I see her becoming president either through using the 25th Amendment to go, Joe, you're just not with it anymore. I, it, it's time you, it's time you uh, go kick back in the lazy boy and just enjoy the beaches of Delaware. <laughs> Dude, what's with all the hate mongering? 
Why are you assuming genders all over the place? The voice voice of the persons with the cervixes. Thank you. Yeah, well, you know what? If they don't have cervixes, but they identify as people with cervix, as persons with cervixes, I think I can call them women. I think they would prefer that I call them women. Now, I, I don't know for sure versus the person with prostates. Oh, um, yeah, but like when Tulsi came out and just during the de- during the uh, presidential debates way back what last year um ah crap i don't even have it on me anymore but when tulsi came out and just waylaid waylaid um kamala harris on her history with uh, the racial injustice of of prosecuting certain people harder than others. I mean, Kamala Harris went after uh, homeschoolers. She, she was one of the leaders in stiff penalties on uh, Victimless crimes, i.e., drug possession, which you know, the libertarian side of me looks at drugs and goes, eh, it's a personal choice. If you're not doing anything to anyone but yourself, let it go. Obviously, if you're under the influence and operating a vehicle, then you're putting other people in risk. So, you know, you should probably, you know, obviously the DUI law is going to affect at that point. But if you want to go cook yourself up a hot shot of heroin and, you know, call it a call it a former life. Hey, that's on you. You know, however, if it's, you know, affecting, you know, causing you to. You know neglect children and just like just like alcohol or any other legal substance that can you know take a huge a hugely negative effect on you you know once you get to that point eh, it's kind of a kind of a, a non-starter but uh but when but when Tulsi Gabbard just ripped into Kamala over all of that <laughs> what? Not my whiskey. I'm not going to do anything with your whiskey. In fact, if there's one federal law I would love to see disappear, that would be the prohibition on distilling your own spirits. Missouri allows for the home distillation of spirits, you know, under 100 gallons per year for personal and family consumption. But it's, according to state law, it's perfectly legal. And then again, the whole, the whole federal thing. Uh, Lady Di is asking, is that all? Yeah, that, that's all for the state of Missouri. But then again, 
A hundred gallons for a family? That's still quite a bit. And when you get over that, that's when you start looking at, um, are you doing anything that, uh, <laughs> Lady Dice says that's only a week's worth. Oh, wow. Um, I would hate to see what your liver looks like if you're drinking that much in a week. Well, I've gotten completely off the rails when talking about uh, libertarian views on drugs and home distilling. Doggone it. But yeah, it's just, now there's rumors that I've heard they're reaching out to Tulsi to speak at the RNC. Oh, Lady Di, you don't have to be quiet. If anyone is allowing himself to get caught off track, it's this guy on this side of the microphone. But yeah, now there's rumors that because of uh, Tulsi reaching, you know, just slapping down uh, Kamala during the debates, which, you know, got people talking about Tulsi for all of like two seconds. Um, you know, so now Tulsi is being is possibly being courted to speak at the RNC. Which that would be interesting. Um, it would be the RNC's version of having John Kasich speak. But the uh it's like <gasps> and I guess at one point, Tulsi was actually being vetted for a position within the uh, Trump administration, which, you know, maybe like an undersecretary of defense or something along those lines because of her uh, non-interventionist uh, stands. And so <laughs> John Kasich is a loser. Oh, yeah. But, you know, oh, y'all really got me off tonight. Maybe it was the tequila I had earlier. I don't know. But, um, no, it's like the idea that Tulsi Gabbard could have been in the Trump administration in any way, shape, or form. And it's not your fault. I'm the one who's allowing myself to get caught off. I've, I've just been kind of off in a funk all night it's it's one of those weird nights where it's like my brain is everywhere and i just can't help it um the idea that tulsi would have been the trump administration is kind of kind of flabbergasting honestly <laughs> and <laughs> scuba steve said tequila I thought this is a land of bourbon and bad decision. Am I in the wrong podcast? Uh, no, I was just doing something a little different tonight. Uh, the wife got some tequila mix and, or some tequila mix. Yeah, wow. My brain is gone. She got some uh, margarita mix and yeah, you get margarita mix. You got to get tequila to go with it or you use rum and call it a daiquiri. But so, yeah, I like I said, try something a little different. Um, last week, it wasn't even bourbon. It was just straight up moonshine. <laughs> and triple sec. 
<laughs> yeah, blame it on the wife. As always, the way God intended it. Um, now I'm going to take a quick break, try to gather my thoughts here, and I will be right back. This is Tyler from Relentless Daring, and I am launching the brand new RelentlessDaring.com merch shop. Instead of having to go to a third-party vendor now, you can do everything right there at RelentlessDaring.com. If you want to buy merch, go to RelentlessDaring.com slash shop, and there you can get hats, you can get t-shirts, you can get hoodies, you can get coffee cups, you can get stickers. Go there today to show your love for the Relentless Daring podcast, and as always, stay relentless. All right, now that I kind of smacked myself around during that short break, hopefully get my mind back on track. Highly unlikely. Um, so the whole COVID thing is still raging out of control. Not necessarily the virus itself. Uh, lead, I asked if I sobered up. I wouldn't say I sobered up. I just hopefully... Maybe got some guardrails put up uh, alongside the train of thought to keep me from going quite so far off the tracks. So, you know, the whole COVID thing heating up and not necessarily infection rates or death rates or any of that, because yeah, generally speaking, they're they're on the down, they're on the decline. And again, that is not to say that COVID is not potentially dangerous. That is not to say that it's a hoax or a myth, any of that. Just looking at the facts, there are healthy people who can get it, and they go through their body goes through a cytosine storm, and they end up dying from it. Horrible, horrible thing. You have people who are approaching the average uh, age of death, and their bodies are just too weak to handle the infection. You have people with other with comorbidities aside from old age who their body cannot handle the infection and it kills them. These are all proven facts. There are also other proven facts like masks don't necessarily stop the spread of coronavirus. It may help. And studies have shown both, yes, they are effective, and other studies have shown, no, they are not effective. However, the mask carrying has been ungodly. To the, to the point when, you know, Navy SEALs aren't even allowed to say, you know, I'm not going to wear a mask because I think it's dumb. Uh, in a uh, article from John Brown at the Daily Wire, uh, the Navy SEAL who killed bin Laden was scolded by a New York Times deputy editor for not wearing a mask. 
A deputy editor for the New York Times went after Robert O'Neill, the Navy SEAL who killed Osama bin Laden, accusing him on Wednesday of being a P-word. I'll say pansy. I'll say pansy. That way I'm not saying P-word over and over again throughout this article. And also, it's not being directed at Brian Stelter, so I will not be canceled off my podcast. For being a pansy who is unwilling to sacrifice for others after not wearing a mask on a plane. Dan Saltstein, quote, tweeted O'Neill, who had posted a picture of himself maskless on a plane with the words, I'm not a pansy. My edition. Behind him was a man in a USMC hat who was wearing a mask. In response, Saltstein said, I don't know about this guy, but counterpoint. You might just be because you're not willing to sacrifice and be a little uncomfortable for your fellow humans, including that Marine behind you. Um, I'm pretty sure that Robert O'Neill knows way more about discomfort than the average person. They start their days by going through a 50-degree cold water fire hose shower. This is the best way to explain how they start their days before they go out into the sand of Coronado. This is during training. Before going out onto the Coronado sand, the Coronado beaches, and rolling around in the sand against sand in places you didn't even know you had. And, you know, doing all these exercises and maneuvers in soggy, wet uniforms and boots have sucked up all this water. He knows more about discomfort than I do, and I was an infantryman. I have slept on you know, the edges of cliffs in Afghanistan, hoping to God I didn't get blown up or roll the wrong way in my sleep. I know discomfort, and this guy knows more about it than I do. You have some know-it-all, oh, I work for the New York Times, and how dare you not put yourself through a little discomfort for the sake because it's for the safety of others. As Salstein later deleted his tweet and clarified, quote, I deleted the previous version of this tweet because I broke my own rule about name-calling. So let me try again. I honor O'Neill for his sacrifices to his country and his heroism. It's sad he can't extend the same for the safety of his fellow passengers. Well, if his fellow passengers are wearing masks and he is not, I'm pretty sure his fellow passengers will be just fine. Unless he like goes up and rips their mask off and coughs directly in their face, which I don't think he's going to do that. Uh, O'Neill also deleted his original tweet, but claimed his wife did it. In fact, uh, I didn't delete my tweet. My wife did. That's exactly what he said. Huh. Scuba Steve says, prove that he has the virus. Then you can say he's endangering them. Amen and hallelujah. Preach it, my brother. Uh, O'Neill, who claims to 
I like how they word this. O'Neill, who claims to have fired the shots that killed Al-Qaeda leader during the May 2011 raid in his compound in Abbottabad, Pakistan. Wow, that was really wordy for a little, you know, sidebar. Sparked a heated debate on Twitter with his picture. As the New York Post reported, one user told him, You're endangering a veteran's life. How patriotic. I'm pretty sure, uh, I guess from the age of the veteran, somebody else who was not an American probably posed a bigger threat to him than a guy not wearing a mask. In uh, tweets, also since the lead, O'Neill went off on China and the coronavirus, writing, quote, China told you to wear a mask. Look down. You're wearing a mask. I'm not. Make no mistake, this pandemic was sent to you by China. He went on adding, do you remember the complete incompetent morons buying all the toilet paper? They're the ones telling you to wear masks now. I'm not being rude. I'm just telling you the facts. And he is quite going on. And the whole, if you're not wearing a mask, you're trying to kill people. Oh, my God. And you know, Twitter's been blown up over masks. Um, of course, we. how can we forget Alyssa Milano, who claims to have had the Rona, and wearing her mask that was crocheted. And then trying to say, there's a filter underneath it. It's a carbon filter. Well, carbon filters don't trap viruses. They trap chemicals. Turtles in a half shell, turtle power, boom. Got you there, Kim. Um, But it's absolutely nuts. I mean, doing going to open house for my kids because we have school starting this coming Monday. Yay. Um and it was put out that masks are highly recommended. And then I show up at the elementary school for my two younger kids and the principal stops me and goes, oh, you have to be wearing a mask to come in. It's like, well, they're all wearing masks. They're safe from me. Well, you know, if you want to do this, you have to have your mask on. Oh, my God. Fortunately, one of the kids happened to have a mask in her backpack. So no big deal. And she you know, had to grudgingly go to her office and get me and my nephew a uh you know, disposable masks. That way, that way, we could safely participate in open house. Oh my gosh! But it's really weird seeing all of that. And oh, when they're between classes, they have to wear masks. When they're, you know, walking to the cafeteria or going from the cat, you know, going to the cafeteria from the cafeteria, they have to wear masks. You know, all this stuff. My wife's school. Yeah, if you feel more comfortable wearing a mask, wear a mask. If if you don't want to wear a mask, we're not going to force you. Because it makes sense. And, and that's the way it should be. If you feel more comfortable, if you think the mask is going to save your life, wear it. 
I'm not going to make fun of you for wearing a mask. Unless you start using the mask as a virtue signal, then I will point at you and laugh and call you all sorts of funny names. Many of them I cannot repeat on this show because I try to keep it PG-13. But, you know, just because a person says, like me, I have a calcium deposit in my right lung. This calcium deposit is approximately the size of a 40 caliber bullet. Sometimes breathing is a little hard. So I don't like wearing things that restrict my breathing, like masks. And, but you know, I show up and I was like, oh, you have to have a mask on. I have medical condition. I said, wear the mask. And, you know, like um, the Alyssa Milano thing I brought up, you know, telling people to wear a damn mask. It's like, have you thought that maybe if you have yours on, regardless if I have one on or not, your odds of getting coronavirus from me are, I don't know, pretty much non-existent. I mean, you know, maybe I have it. And even, you know, some of the studies are showing now that, you know, asymptomatic spread is relatively rare because the the viral load that would allow you to test positive for coronavirus and to, you know, test positive for antibodies in the serology test, you know, it's enough to do that, but you don't have symptoms or your symptoms are so mild you don't even realize it. You know, being able to spread it then is so rare because you don't have a whole lot of the virus in your system. You have just enough to cause a reaction. And then as they're discovering that, you know, Oh well, uh, if you had a cold that came from a uh, that was caused by a coronavirus, uh, you have T cell memory, and your T cells attack the the COVID nineteen. Uh, Kim says, "I can't, I can't breathe a mask or scarf." They're like that besides the kid. Don't have asthma either. Yeah, some people just they have, you know, breathing issues, and it's not that you know you're doing anything wrong. Or there's anything wrong with you, you just you can't breathe. And it's just and people losing their stinking minds over it. As I said, when I see people on on Twitter and or on Facebook and they're just, oh, you have to wear a mask. I try to refrain from engaging. I say try. Because I have engaged, you know, and one person, I was like, I was straight up like, I have a calcium deposit in my lung. I cannot wear a mask. Period. My kid has asthma. She cannot wear a mask. Period. Yet you want to come out and say, if you're not doing this, you're awful. Do you just want children to die? It's like, no, I don't want kids to die. Uh, in fact, the you know number of 
you know, children under 18 who have died is somewhere next to um, zero. I think like one or two. It's incredibly, incredibly unlikely. That's not to say that it hasn't happened or can't happen. It's just incredibly unlikely. But is it? Or as I said, I just try not to engage because you have the people who are so vested in compliance or else. And it's like, okay, Corona fascism, settle down just a bit. All right. I cannot wear a mask and stay away from you. And yet we can stay over six feet apart. We'll be fine. And also, you start putting people in masks. I'm partially deaf. Thank you, Army. So, you know, you put someone in a mask, and I have the hardest time hearing. Um, Trying to think where I was. I had to have a mask on. Oh, I was, I was at a pharmacy. And had to have a mask on. And they had the... Uh, you know, they had the plexiglass up, and it's like my deaf butt, like putting my ear up to the plexiglass, telling the telling the clerk, speak louder, I'm deaf. And it's like <laughs> Could you repeat that? I couldn't understand the words you said. <laughs> And that's how it sounded. I'm like, um, so I just started guessing what she was saying until she finally like pulled the mask down, spoke clearly. It was amazing. <laughs> Steve says, nope, prove I'm a danger. Quoting stats means nothing. Prove I'm a danger. I'm not trying to prove anyone's a danger. I'm just saying that, you know, you know, early on, Early on, I don't know how many conservative people I said, all right, keep everything open. Everyone wears a mask. Well, you know, two weeks, 30 days, whatever. Don't shut the economy down. Now we've gone through the economy shutdown. And, you know, now it's generally conservative people saying, I will not wear a mask. You know, because here it is. It's August. The time for wearing masks and, you know, trying to, you know, get ahead of it is done. I was like three months into coronavirus. One of the local gas stations started hanging up plexiglass in front of the cashiers, in front of the cash registers. Like, really? Yep. The coronavirus has probably already gone through here and now they're doing it. And the gas station tenant just looked at me, shrugged and go, what can I say? Corporate stupid. It's it's ridiculous. That's sort of, you know, a lot of this is, you know, now kind of gone from let's try to find the best way to mitigate the risk to let's see who the compliant people are and let's see who's going to be the problem children when all this crap hits the fan. I'm proud to say I'm a problem child. 
And then there's times where, you know, I understand. Okay, you want me to wear a mask? I'll do it, but rather grudgingly, again, because, number one, there's no proof that the mask is actually going to do anything. Number two, you prove I have it, as uh, Scuba Steve has pointed out. And number three, I can't breathe. Oh, crap. I can't say that because I'm appropriating the whole Black Lives Matter Incorporated, uh, you know, protest points. Yeah, this is ridiculous. And I'm so ready for all this to be done. Unfortunately, coronavirus, one way or another, on November 4th, is going to end. Either either Joe Biden is going to win the election and <gasps> coronavirus, it magically disappeared. Or Donald Trump wins and they're going to find a million and one other things to worry about besides coronavirus and it'll just kind of fall into the memory hole and we'll be like, wait, what? what's a coronavirus again? What's SARS-CoV-2? I'm so confused. What are we talking about? I'm hoping for that one. It, you know, then the people with a little bit longer memories are going to be like, oh my God, can you believe we crashed our entire economy? The entire world economy over a virus that in the United States actually had a case fatality rating less than the flu. That not that crazy that we would do this? <laughs> Kim says, as a Facebook meme stated, if a fart can make it through, <clears throat> pardon me, two layers of clothing, the face mask is going to stop the virus. Absolutely. Uh, even the N95 mask, um, the virus goes through the gaps in the N95 mask like a gnat going through a two-inch a two-inch square on a chain link fence. That is the uh the size discrepancy. You know, the only way it actually catches anything is if moisture droplets catch on the inside of the mask and then end up filtering viruses as the viruses hit the moisture that's sticking to the mask. <coughs> oh, this background. I know I tried fixing that and I couldn't get anywhere with it. I'm sorry. Um, anyway, that's going to wrap the show up for this week. Again, those of you who are listening live, thank you so very much. Those of you who are listening to the podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Thank you so very much. Be sure to rate it, review it if that is an option on your platform. If you are on Apple, I ask that you do four things. Four little things are not hard. Number one, leave a five-star rating. Number two, leave a good review because the five-star rating helps the algorithms find more people like you to find the show. And you read... Leave a nice review. People go, oh, okay. I I think I'm going to like this. <clears throat> you know, it just kind of helps everything out. And it also negates the one one-star rating and the one bad review from that one 
evil, evil troll. I'm looking at you, Gary. I know it was you. But anyways, and after you do that, see, see you liked it, you review, reviewed it. Oh, yes. Make sure you subscribe. That way you get updated to every week as the, uh, the new podcast as the new podcast episode posts. <clears throat> oh, pardon me. My throat is a little scratchy. Whew. Um, And then finally, the last one, share it. Just, you know, send it to someone who you think will like the show. Better yet, send it to someone who you think is going to drive them absolutely bat crap crazy because they don't like anything you have to say because it is anything conservative. Use me to spread hate and discontent. I will not be offended. But, um, anywho, also, if you want to reach out and connect to me, I am available on the Twitters at Daring Podcast. I am also on Parlor at Relentless Daring. On the Instagrams at Relentless Daring, Facebook.com slash Relentless Daring. I think that's it on the whole social media thing. <clears throat> um, do, 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 do. Again, thank you all so very much. Uh, you also go to RelentlessDaring.com. Check that out. You can uh, stream back episodes there. You can buy merch there if you heard the commercial earlier in the show. And you can you can also donate to the show because the donations keep all this stuff afloat. Um, right now, again, donations have been going towards getting equipment so I can do YouTube video. Yeah, I'm still waiting on a battery adapter to get here from China. But it will be here eventually, and again, the shows will be going up on YouTube with actual video, and I'm still playing with all the video editing software. It's great times. Um, Again, thank you so very much. Y'all make it so worth it to do all this every week. I am glad to be part of your lives in some way, shape, or form. Hopefully, y'all are living vicariously through me or vice versa. I really don't know. But, you know, y'all make it great. Y'all make all this fun. Oh, and there's also a new way you can reach me. Also reach me through email. Email me, Tyler, at RelentlessDaring.com. Yes, I have an actual semi-professional email now. It It's cool. It's great. Whatever. <clears throat> Anyways, thank you all for listening. Thank you all so much for listening. And as always, stay relentless. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.